it's always been. We rise up to the challenge, we give the game our all. With sheer determination, we go in for the ball. Hi everybody, welcome to the Big Footy Cats podcast. Uh, I think we're up to episode 8. Um, we are about to do a bit of a preview of our big final, which we have upcoming on Friday night versus the Hawks. As usual, my name is Willow and I'm joined by a debutante tonight who we've drafted in ready for the finals. Uh, we've got Cats Do It Better. Welcome to the show, Cats. Thanks a lot for having us. No worries at all. And returning once again, who's probably uh, almost made the most appearances of anyone this year, Cat Empire. Welcome back, CE. Hey, Willow. How you going? Yes, very well, thank you. Um, so obviously, we we did a show last week, which was a bit of a, a season wrap-up leading into the finals. Uh, and we've got one now dedicated just purely to the game on Friday night. Um so, I suppose the easiest way to, to lead it off is to, I suppose, just to ask what you guys, just a general, quick general feeling heading into the game is. See so, you? Yeah, yeah I, I think I'm feeling pretty good about things, uh, is the way I'd characterise it. I think um, uh, we've had a pretty good year and... Uh, we've played well against good sides when we've had those opportunities and um, it feels a bit like we've been waiting for this moment all year, basically. So uh, I think we're in a good position. We're fit and healthy and um, I think there are some question marks over our opposition and um, I'm expecting a good showing. Yep. Cats, what's your take on it or what's your feeling on it all? Yeah, I, I feel, feel a bit... I, Confident, but then again, it's the Hawks, so I feel a little bit apprehensive at the same time. I, I guess, like, same, like, going into round one, I felt a similar kind of nervousness to not know how the new players were going to gel and all of that. And going into a final series when it's been a long time since we won one, feel that same kind of apprehension, but I'm hopeful that it's going to come, come good. And you mentioned, obviously the last time we met it was leading into round one um so obviously the quirk of the the modern draw is we played them in round one and and haven't seen them since um is that is that form relevant now so looking at from easter monday to the first week of finals we haven't played hawthorne since uh that particular occasion we we came out, you know, on the scoreboard pretty comfortable with a 30-point win. Um, for the most part, I feel we, from my memory of the game, for the most part, we were the better team. We had a bit of a lapse in the, the third quarter, and I remember doing a sort of a quarter-by-quarter breakdown um, of that that game, which I actually had planned on researching and digging up and finding to mention tonight, but I didn't have time today, and... I remember in the third quarter, we they kicked. I think it was five goals to zip, but I didn't. I didn't think that that was a true reflection on the dominance of the play. I thought we had a few chances that we just really butchered. Um, turnovers, big turnovers, hurt were hurting us in like right in the middle of the ground where it was just being, we were being opened up the other way. So whilst 
they were the better team that quarter. I don't think it was as comprehensive as the scoreboard showed, and I didn't think it sort of accurately portrayed the game. But I'm also remembering something that happened in, what, April? So um, I may not be be that sort of accurate with it all. I suppose, do we, what do we take from round one, and is it relevant now as we head into the first final? We'll start, uh, start with you, Jets. I, I think the remembering the game last season, the Easter Monday game then, and I thought the Hawks really bullied us off the ball. They targeted Mitch Clark, they targeted Cockatoo and Motlop, and that was a kind of low point, I thought, of Geelong's kind of end-of-era type going into the next when really being bullied um, for the first time, I remember, since that game at Kidinia Park against Brisbane when the big Brisbane team, which Chris Scott was playing in, kind of really just took Geelong apart. And this is the first time um, that they uh, a team had done that to Geelong. And this year, I think that we went into that game and took it up to the Hawks. And obviously there were big games from Zach Smith and Dangerfield and the other, you know, Selwood and... and Geelong's key players really made the competition say we're kind of back. And I feel in that regard it, it was kind of a, a mental thing to say we're not going to be continuing to be bullied again. We've got some mature age recruits and we're a mature team again that can take it up to the the champs. Yep. See Oh, I, th- I think it's, it's so long ago that I don't think you can really... Um, assume that the form means anything. Um, but, you know, I think that what I, how I see the season unfolded was that I think Hawthorne were patchy that day in round one on Easter Monday against us, and they seemed to be patchy throughout the whole year. And I, I just don't really expect now that they're just going to be able to turn it on and put together four quarters of football that's going to hurt um, final standard sides. And on the flip side, I think that day we played three really good quarters and we did that quite often throughout the year um, against good teams. And so it, w- it wouldn't surprise me at all if we were able to do that. So in some senses, I think the, the kind of result and the way the game was played in round one is almost what I expect Um on Friday night, but um, I think I don't think it's it's kind of like the form just continues from six months ago. I think it, you know a lot of water's gone under the bridge. There'll be probably a third of each side. The the players will be different, um, but you know just the trend of the way the season was played. Um, you know, what, round one might be indicative of the way the game's played. Do you? Um, so if we. If we look back at round one, and obviously so much has changed since then, um, can we then take anything actually out of the last you know couple of years worth of meetings against the Hawks? And and they have sort of they've had the measure, they've had the wood over us for a couple of years. Um, obviously, prior to us get beating them this year, we hadn't even really gotten close the last couple of years. So, you know, did. Is that relevant, and is that a worry where they've got hold of us over the last few years? Do you think, CE? Um, 
I think again, things have just things changed so much over that period. Um, uh, I think there's no doubt that they had the wood over us during that period, much like we did for the 11 matches before that. Um, and uh, for whatever reason, um, we weren't up to up to their standard during that period. But I just think we're such a different team now. Um, the additions we've made to our, our list and our best 18 in particular, um, I mean, it's just such a different proposition. Um, and, again, the way Hawthorne's played this year compared with seasons gone past, I think um, you can't really expect that um, those results from um, recent years are going to mean much come Friday night. Yep. Um, I suppose a good a place to to start with any, and then this conversation probably also then leads on to another one. But what are we? What are our expectations selection wise? And um, as I said, I didn't. I meant to do research and didn't. But so I, I didn't even look at the Hawthorne team. But what do you see changes? Um, you know, do we roll the dice? Do we take the risks and and pick Henderson? I'm personally, I think Scooter's in. I think there's been enough hints and, well, not even hints. It's been pretty obvious from the club that that Scott Selwood will be playing. Henderson, I'm still not sure about. And do we roll the dice on that? And then, and even a cockatoo's been talked up a lot for the his VFL form and and just his name seems to be getting dropped by Chris Scott a lot. If if they come in. Who are the unlucky ones that goes out? Which way do you see it? Which way would you like to see it? Cats, I'll start with you this time. Yeah, I think there's some really difficult and challenging kind of selection problems for the coaching group. And I think that the coaching group had a really good game, just for a sec, going back to round one. And some of the matchups they had for, you know, the keys are for Hawks, are obviously Mitchell, Hodge, Rioli, Gibson and... Kirsten played a really great role on Gibson. I don't think he's, he's going to get selected this week. But I think they'll, again, go with plans. They may be different players, but they're going to go with good plans that I think they did a good job of in round one. I think Stratton and McAvoy are definitely going to come in for the Hawks. Um, and I think Henderson, he trained today, and uh, it looks like I think he'll play, and I think he'll probably start forward. And... Like, I agree that Selwood is almost definitely going to play. Cockatoo, I think, I can see that they might play him. He looked, I think, in the VFL uh, last week on Saturday, he he was playing inside. He was not... He was kind of throwing his body around. He was being a, a leader within that team in some ways. He didn't dominate by any stretch, but I think he can certainly add something. He's not going to be able to play that role at AFL level yet, but I think... Probably College Asney has some injury clouds. I don't know if he will play. Um, and whoever misses out is going to be unlucky, but I guess Buse and Cowan are the two that could slip out. CE, what are your thoughts? Yeah, that, I think that's a pretty good summary, actually. Um, uh, it's, it's Selwood definitely plays, no doubt about that. Henderson, um, the noises are sounding like he will play, which is interesting. Um, and perhaps they um, put him in for surgery early, knowing that um, that would enable him to get up for this match, um, which is good management if they were able to do that. Um, 
But I don't think any of the others are in the mix. I think um, Cockatoo is too big a risk for this game. Um, and his form hasn't been outstanding enough to break in. <clears throat> and uh, considering the way the VFL side went on the weekend, I can't see anyone uh, from that um, 22 making it into the side either. And that actually includes Buse. I don't think he will play. I think despite the um, the makeup of the Hawthorne forward line where Buse is perhaps better suited than he is against other sides, I think we've got um, got Hawthorne's matchups pretty good. And um, I think if we uh, have uh, Ruggles there, um, uh, Enright, probably Guthrie if Rioli's back there, um, I think that's pretty much covered. And I think Bruce is um, usually um, Mackey's job. So um, I don't really think there's a spot for Buse. The interesting one is who makes way for um, Henderson and perhaps it is Kolejasny. Um And if not him, then it becomes really interesting because I think pretty much everyone else in the, in the 22 is um, played really well well enough to keep their spot on the side. So even someone like Cowan, who was very much a fringe player um, a month or two ago, he's played reasonably well and I think probably earned his spot in the first week of the finals, uh, which is something I didn't think I'd be saying (laughs) a couple of months ago, but um, very good for him. Sort of echoes what I said last week. I think I made almost the exact same point that I didn't think I'd be saying something nice about him. About a month before, even a month ago, not even a couple of months ago, probably four or five weeks ago. Do you think yeah. if he plays, he's a chance to take one of the Hawks' small forwards? I, I, I keep, I keep hearing that mentioned, but really, I don't think he is the lockdown type defender. I think he's kind of the more running half back. You know, get the ball in his hands, um, and he he can run some good. Um, meters for you out of the defensive fifty uses the ball pretty well when he's got some space. He makes so I, I, good yeah. decisions as well. I think makes, when he's got yeah. the ball, yep, not not yep. all the time, but when he's as in, I don't like his decisions to try and burst through tackles. But <laughs> when it comes to him actually disposing of the ball, I think he makes really yeah. clever decisions with the footy. Yeah, yeah, I think that's right, and. As I said, I think I think a lot's made of the Hawthorne small forwards, but you know I really don't think that that's um, where we'll lose it if if um, if the game doesn't go our way. I think we've we've got the players there to to play on um, Duopolo and Bruce and Rioli. Um, so yeah, I don't think that's the role for Cow, and I haven't really seen him play that sort of lockdown role either. I think it has been more the, the kind of loose halfback. And I don't um, personally, I don't think Cockatoo should come in. Um, I understand why they would like him in, and I like what he brings to the table in terms of that pressure and. And the aggression in the forward line, and it is, it can be. I mean, he's the type of player that can make a defender hear footsteps. I reckon around him just because he's so quick, 
and he does hit hard and he flies for the ball and, and stuff like that. But just purely and simply, I don't think his fitness is up for it yet either. I've watched him when he was in the seniors a few weeks back and he looks like he couldn't blow out a candle by halfway through the third quarter. And finals is another intensity step up again from the regular season. Um, I just—it's a real risk that he just blow up, and and you'd get nothing out of him. So, like, I can understand that what the idea of him being in there and what he can bring, but again, like you, I think the risk sort of outweighs it a bit. Um, now. When you just sort of, you mentioned, um, obviously they're small forwards and, and tactics and things. Is the weather, the expected weather to be, is, I think it's meant to be thunderstorms and rain and cold. Would Does that impact your thinking at all? Or do you think that will influence the lineup? Um, will that sort of maybe force a... Hypothetically, if Henderson doesn't get up, does that keep abusing the team ahead of a college asney? Does it um, change, you know, maybe a Kirsten does come in then because he's that, maybe that bit smaller and able to cover the ground a bit better? Do you have any particular thoughts? And open question to either of you, any particular thoughts on if that could change it? I think most of our big men are flexible and mobile enough that that shouldn't really be an issue. I think that Smith is a player that potentially you might look at if you had players kind of more of that ilk. But he uh, Smith plays, I think, no matter what, he's a number one ruckman. And, I mean, I think what you're going to get in the wet or not with College Asney versus Buse is probably going to be not that much of a difference in that sense. Like, maybe some of Buse's run isn't as damaging as it could be on a drier surface anyway. I wouldn't... I mean, Stanley... I hope Stanley plays. I think that he will offer something forward that the Hawks defenders can't match up on. So, I don't think so. See you. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I, I, the only way in which I think the weather is going to make a difference um, is kind of in the number of stoppages we might get. And I think that plays into our hands because I think, I think it's an area we have an advantage over Hawthorne. Um... So I'm quite happy if we get a bit of rain or a lot of rain. I think that'll um, slow the game down and create more stoppages, which I think will play into our hands. Um, I think we won the the um, clearances in the contested ball earlier in the year quite comfortably. And if you look, just look at the stats throughout the year, we're well on top of Hawthorne in those areas. So I'd be very comfortable seeing a bit of rain. And, yeah, I agree that... that to, Probably, I think, I kind of expect them to favour College Asney as long as he's fit um, over Buse. I think they're comfortable play, him playing um, tall or small, and I think he's a, just a bit of a safer option than Buse. I think, I, I don't mind Buse, but I think he's a, he's a little bit of a risk in a pressure final. I think he does um, show some signs of weakness in under pressure, whereas I think College Asney has just been rock solid basically he does he's not very flashy and he doesn't get a lot of the ball but he um can't can't really see him um coughing up the ball under under pressure and all that sort of thing so i think that might see him over the line in front of buse regardless of the weather yep and then tactically um you've mentioned 
just the, the the contested advantage that we've had numerically over the course of the year against the, our numbers compared to Hawthorne's, um, and and we've also really um, you'd say we've got an aerial advantage, um, and then versus obviously the Hawks kicking their precision kicking has been such a strength of theirs, and they've got the very the, you know the really small nippy dangerous forward line, so. How do you see, I suppose, which, how do you see them tactically sort of stacking up against one another? And um, a point I thought of just before is, is we talk about how they've got the, that obviously that advantage with, or the, their, forward, their small forwards are better than our small forwards. Um, and that's a big strength of theirs is their small forwards. But obviously a key way to reduce their impact is to not let them have the ball as much so if we're getting midfield dominance and capitalizing then it automatically undoes a lot of the opportunity that they have so does the midfield advantage and then our potential to be able to compete in the air lock the ball in does that you know does that negate their small forwards advantage uh do you have any thoughts on that in particular uh cats uh i think i think the small forwards the hawks are I think they're a big worry. I think it can be overstated a little bit, but I think that our aerial dominance will have a big impact. Um, not just like not just in defence and, and obviously Hawkins up forward, but I think the rucks are going to be a, a big advantage for us. With uh, Stanley and Smith should dominate McAvoy and whoever from um, Pitney or um, Fitzpatrick plays. I think that that is going to give Geelong a really um, a big advantage all throughout the ground, actually. Yeah. See, yeah, definitely. I think I, I think SJ said in the podcast last week that um, uh, you know it looks like Geelong has a pretty good aerial advantage, both because of the the marks contested marks we're able to take, but also Hawthorne looks like they're having some trouble defending um, in the air. So. Um, you'd hope that that'll be an area where we can get on top and, um, uh, you know, perhaps um, Hawkins, um, Stanley, Smith, these sorts of guys, um, I think Hawthorne's going to have some trouble matching up against them. And at the other end of the ground, I think um, Gunston's a player who, who does cause us a bit of difficulty, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, he's probably the only player who I've seen Lonigan have a little bit of trouble with. Consistently as well. Fun. Yeah, in the last five years or so, you know, it's, it's really hard to think of a, a player who consistently kicks a few goals against Lonigan every time, and Gunston seems to be one of those players. Um, and he's he's leading Hawthorne's goal-kicking this year again, so um, that's probably the only one of their taller players that I have a little bit of a worry about. Um and, yeah, in terms of their smalls, again, I, th- I just think, you know, Guthrie's a great matchup for Rioli. He's, he's done the job before. Um, Mackie seems to always play well on Bruce. Um, and they've kicked um, 87 goals between them this year, Rioli and Bruce. So I just think that's it's a good matchup for us in, in a lot of ways, I think. Um, so I'm, I'm not too worried about that. 
Uh, are we worried at all about... Well, and this could be probably a two-part question. Are we worried about Geelong's slip-ups that we've shown this year? And also, are we worried about Hawthorne's ability that they've shown this year to get over the line in the close ones? And and I'll put my thoughts firstly into that one. Are Hawthorne just to Geelong of 2014 in that they made top four all year long their supporters have been saying oh we're not even going yet we're not even going yet and we're just winning and a lot of close wins that sort of wallpaper over the cracks and what hopefully then will follow the, our 2014 form of a straight sets exit for them um, what's the I suppose what's a more accurate reflection of the team though are they are they winning because they're an ex, you know an exceptionally experienced team, or are they showing weaknesses, and are we slipping up because we're a, we've got a lot of young and experienced teams, or are we showing weaknesses? Which which way do you see? I suppose both the true colours of both teams. What are your expectations on that, Cats? I've heard that mentioned a few times about being the Geelong of twenty fourteen, and it sounds good, and I know that we. Once a team wins so much, you have to find new ways to kind of talk about them and explain it. Um, but I'm just loathe to ride off Hawthorne, I guess. And I guess the other example is uh, the Lions of 2004. And obviously they didn't go on to win the fourth straight, but they still had a pretty good final series. And I think that's probably more where I see the Hawks. And the thing I'm worried about for this week is the crunch moments. And I think that you know, the start's going to be really important for Geelong, but I think until the final siren sounds, Hawks are always going to be in it, and it's, you know, Burgoyne and Hodge and Mitchell, those kind of players that can really make those moments happen, and we've got heaps of players that can do that as well, but I think we're going to have six, maybe seven players that haven't played in a finals game before, and I think three or four other players that have never played in a winning final, and that that kind of lack of experience in those big moments in a big final in front of, you know, hopefully 90,000 people at the MCG can be telling. And I think they're the things that I'm worried about. Um, I think if the Hawks lose on Friday night, that it's going to be very hard for them to go on and win. I think equally if Geelong don't win, it's going to be hard for us to go on and win the flag as well. CE? Yeah, um... I think you can't help but be a little bit nervous about the way we've gone missing in games and within games throughout the year. I think that just is a nagging sensation in the back of my mind. I can't can't get rid of it at the moment. Um, but uh, you know, I think Hawthorne have shown themselves to be very. Um, very much gettable throughout the year as well. So um, I it wouldn't surprise me if we had a quiet quarter or or quarter and a half during the game. Um, but I think if we could show quality for kind of three three and a half quarters, I think that'll um, that'll be enough to get us over the line. And particularly as um, as Kat said, if you if we make a good start. Um, and also I think if we're, you know, comfortably ahead, <clears throat> kind of, you know, sort of uh, three-quarter time, um, I could see us, you know, um, going away with the game 
um, because I think the 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 opportunity for Hawthorne is to get at us early, put us under pressure, make us kind of get in a mindset where we're thinking, oh no, what's going on here? Um, and the same thing in the last quarter, you know, if, if it's close, I think they'll Hawthorne will. You can't deny it. They will have a lot of self belief that they can win the game. Um, so I think the job for Geelong is to get on top, put a gap on them, and then kind of keep that throughout the game. Yep, I don't. I don't disagree. It's pretty obvious. The start's important. An experienced team like that as well. You don't want to. You don't want them to be within three goals, sort of in the last ten, fifteen minutes of the game because they're going to have that belief that they can get it done and they every chance that they're just going to find a way. So uh, if we need to get them get them early and then hopefully just, you know, a, a nice, a good quick start first quarter with us a few goals, you know, it'd be nice to be sort of sitting at four or five, four goals up at quarter time or something like that in a perfect world, I reckon, and then just slowly build and keep them away. Um, because it's Hawthorne, the, we're always going to have those thoughts and worries that that they're still in the game. Um, so let's hope that they're not, basically. Um, now, looking very briefly past past this week as well. Um, if we lose, obviously we would be playing the winner of Adelaide North, I think. If I don't know if you guys have got the the um, the draw there at all, but I'm pretty certain that's the result. I think it might, might be the other side, Willow, is it? The West Coast game? Not sure. Although I not, probably should have researched that before I brought up the point, but um, I had a feeling it was Adelaide for some reason. Um, and then obviously the win... You get the week off. Um, if we're to win, does the bye week before the finals and the bye week straight away after the game hurt the side? And then I suppose another point is our VFL team got knocked out of the finals on the weekend. Um, pretty disappointingly, I think, being four goals up at the start of the last quarter to to lose the way they did. Is that going to potentially come back and bite us in the ass with the VFL boys no longer playing? Um, I'll start with you, Cats. What are your thoughts on that? I think the VFL season being over will impact in some ways. I mean, I think firstly, the VFL team had a great season. They started um, halfway point, they were 5-5, five and five, and then really finished off the season really well with um, a couple of... Uh, really talented VFL listed players that we've talked about on the board that look like they could possibly step up to AFL level at some point. But having that team, having the whole group committed to try to do something, I think even if those players are not playing, it motivates everyone to stay together. I remember in 07 that being a real factor. But it shouldn't. It shouldn't be the deciding factor of whether they can win the flag or not. I think that the the things that really worry me outside of Geelong for the finals are the Swans, I think, are the best team overall in the finals, and the Hawks we've spoken about, and Stevie J factor, if, if 
Stevie J gets between Geelong winning a final, let alone winning a flag, I think that's going to be pretty hard for a lot of us to take. So the road kind of after win or lose on Friday is going to be, um, you know, a, a road that will be a lot easier if we can win, but it's going to be difficult if, if we do lose. See Yeah, I take a little bit of a different view about the VFL situation. I think um, it's possibly important in situations where you've got players coming back from injury and you need to get them um, match fit um, so you can have them on hand. Um, But I think generally we're in pretty good health and I think there's probably only three or four players in the VFL who have a realistic chance of playing any finals football and they, they'd be Cockatoo, uh, Kirsten, um, Lang to some extent um, and probably Buse. Um, so all of those guys are in, they're in good health. They'll train with the, the senior side throughout the finals um, and, uh, you know, it'd be nice to be, to be playing in the VFL finals, but I really don't think it's going to have that much difference in in this instance. Um, in terms of how things go this week, I think history shows that with a few exceptions, you, you really want to be winning week one of the finals and um, fronting up again two weeks later on your home ground, having had the benefit of a week off. I think that's going to be particularly the case with the game on Friday night. I don't expect um, anything less than a very physical contest that's probably going to leave players pretty sore and I think the week off um, semi-final weekend will be would be the much more preferable path um, and then back to the MCG for, for a prelim final um, uh, against you know the probably the loser of the Sydney match this week I think is the way it will go if, if that's the way we we got through and you just checked it. It is um, the loser of our game plays the winner of West Coast Bulldogs. Hello? All right, so I was nowhere near it. <laughs> Which you'd assume would be West Coast, I think. But Yeah, yeah. Their form late in the year has been exceptional, really. So um, they'd be a very dangerous proposition, I think, in a semi final after a bruising encounter against Hawthorne. So definitely something we want to avoid. They've actually flown under the radar a bit the last apart from the last few weeks I think I was I saw on 360 or or something like that they had Adam Simpson on and I think they've won quite a lot of their games on the run home Um, but everyone sort of only you've really stepped up when they roll all of a sudden they rolled GWS and then they rolled Hawthorne then they rolled Adelaide um, who were basically all top four teams at the time and now everyone sort of sat up and and took notice and they've started to play the type of footy that they were playing for the second half of last year bar one horrible day that we all wish went the other way um so let's hope that it's not us that that has to deal with them anyway Um, i guess with the eagles it's about transferring that form to the mcg yeah yeah, but they, they um, I mean, they won in Adelaide and they won, I saw them live uh, against GWS. They won in Sydney. So 
I think even that earlier in the year, definitely they just couldn't win away from Subi. But um, late in the year, they seemed to find some form on the road as well. So I reckon they'll be dangerous at the MCG in week two. And in fact, if they play Hawthorne, I would I would think West Coast will go in favourites. Really? Yeah, yeah, they've, I reckon they've struggled badly against the Hawks at the G though <clears throat> lately. So that's interesting. They'd have, they'd obviously. They'd have, yeah. They should have no fear against the Hawks, having beaten them a few weeks ago. But I wonder just about the getting it, with the G, how that sort of changes them. Um, They've certainly got mentally. a really talented team, and even players that are not going to be playing probably for most of the finals. They've got some great players out of the team. Yeah, they're a very good team. One, let's hope, hope we don't have to worry about facing. Um, I think is the, is probably the best way to to think about them. Um, uh, now are we all thinking that Selwood goes to Mitchell. Is is that the reason he's being brought in, or is there something else? And and what do you see uh, match up wise? I mean, we've we've already see he's already touched on the way they're probably going to line up their our defenders against their forwards. What do we see them uh, match-up-wise? How do we see them lining up through the middle? And I suppose to a lesser extent um, in our forward line as well. CE? Yeah, um, I mean, it's kind of the obvious thing to try, isn't it? We haven't had an answer for Mitchell for a number of years and um, it just seems almost so obvious that you could not try it putting Scooter on him. Um but, yeah, it's probably one of those things that um, they'll they'll try a few different things throughout the game. I don't really think Geelong is, um, uh, likes to play the game with a lockdown midfielder too much anymore. I think even when Guthrie was playing the role, um, you know, he still had a bit of reign to, to run free. So um, I'd be surprised if there was, a you know, just a totally defensive negative effort in the centre square from Selwood. Um, yeah, what do you, Katz, what do you think? I, I think he's really the first time we've had... I mean, Guthrie, I think, he's a really crucial player, but Scott Selwood can really play that role while getting a lot of the ball himself. He can really do a really good job there. I think that he will start on Mitchell and hopefully he can follow that through. And I think that, like you mentioned earlier, Guthrie can play a really good role down back. And I think with Ruggles, I, I've been really impressed with Ruggles this year. And there's been times where the ball's just come over the back and Ruggles just put his fist up in the air and just seems to connect with the ball. And that's in contrast to who I, I you know, I, I really like Buse, but where he, when the ball comes over the top like that, he seems to just get caught out and his opponent, you know, often kicks a goal there. Um, a couple of the other things I wanted to mention, the matchups are, where Blitz goes and what happens with Motlop and Duncan. I think those three kind of running mids and what kind of role they play is kind of interesting. Um, and just two in our forward half, I think that they've got no matchup for Hawkins and the stage is really set again for him to have a big final on Friday night. And whether Menzel goes to Gibson to play a kind of similar role to what Kirsten did in round one. It's interesting. I 
I worry if if Menzel does that, if you're sort of, you know, robbing Peter to pay Paul type of thing. Mm. But if, but at the same time, if he if it forces Gibson to become accountable and he can isolate himself just on Gibson, he's probably a fair chance to be pretty dangerous as well. Um, I agree on Hawk. Hawk was my call for to be our big sort of wild card and have a big a big finals. So. Um, Hopefully I'm on the money, but last time I made a big call against Hawthorne in our pre-round one podcast, I tipped Nathan Vardy to have a good game and see what happens. Let's, <laughs> let's look how well that's worked out. So, uh, touch wood, I hope I haven't put the moz on Hawk. Um, well, I think I think I picked um, I think I picked Jordan Murdoch, um, <laughs> will I say? I don't know who's won that battle. <laughs> None of us. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, um, uh, yeah, Hawkins, I think he's built some reasonable form late in the year, I think. And, um, you know, he's, I think he's, he's up around 50 goals now for the year, which is which is a pretty good effort. And um, just on the Menzel thing, I think Hawthorne will be really worried about Menzel because he has the ability just to crack the game open. And I think they'll they'll be pretty keen to... Try and shut him out of it. Perhaps um, Stratton, will, go Stratton will be the match up there. I think. Mm. So I think they will try and um, uh, free Gibson up because when when um, they're playing at their best, they've got um, they've got Gibson kind of coming in third man up, and um, that's something we've got to be conscious of for sure. But um, I don't know that Menzel's the right the right guy for that. Perhaps someone like McCarthy or maybe even Caddy, um, you would be willing to sacrifice them in that role. But who else do they have tall that that will be back as well? Because Well I'm, they've got Frawley. Yeah, Frawley, so Frawley will go to Hawk. Yeah. And um and then if Clang is they're quite Yeah, well he, the by the looks of it he's He's more likely to play forward. Yeah. Um, but, you know, yeah, if he came back... Because I think the other way that, that we're going to cause troubles for them is with Stanley or um, Smith down there. Well, this was, Because I think that really does stretch them. And pa- gonna, perhaps it forces them to play Charmakers down yeah, there. And that was going to be a point I was sort of... I was going to lead to was if they've... Depending on who they have available if they're key defenders, if we can force Gibson to play, have to play tall, on a Smith-Stanley, it really, it almost takes it back to, it almost takes us back to, um, you know, you sort of 2009, 10, 11 against mm-hmm. them, yep. when we used to isolate Pods or Ottens in the square, yeah. and Gibson against them, who is hopelessly undersized, against someone that big in particular, Yep. And if you can isolate him, it obviously you neutralise his ability to go third man up, forces him to yep. play a position he doesn't want to play in. You've got a big chance of marking it. He's not going to outmark it because he's not a strong mark anyway. And yeah. so you've got your, you bring your smalls into the ground around him, or he's a chance of giving away a free kick just with the high ball coming in, doing something he shouldn't. So I wonder yeah. if that's a if that is an area that they will look to potentially exploit and if Hawkins will be doing... Because Frawley, for a big strong bugger, Frawley moves pretty well. 
And so if Hawks start pushing up the ground and leading big, long, high leads, Frawley will go with him, mm. which drags him out of the out of the 50. Um, yeah. The other option, and um, Kat's mentioned it really early on in this pod, um, was if Henderson plays, there is a chance he'll play forward. I mean, I'm not a big fan of that move generally, but Hawthorne's just a team where you can see it having an impact because of their lack of um, quality tools down there. So um, I wouldn't rule out that being something we see at some point during the game. Hopefully um, hopefully it's not kind of a move we, we have to play when we're a few goals down. I think with Henderson, it's not just his presence as a key forward, but his delivery into the forward 50 is really elite as well. And so him leading up the ground and then being able to kick into Menzel or Hawkins could be really beneficial too. Yep. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So now is there anything else uh, you guys had wanted to touch on before we finish up? And if not, I will get... You don't have to put your balls on the line completely, but just a loose tip or <laughs> something you're expecting to happen. Uh, I'll start with you, CE. Um... Nothing else really to comment on about the game. I think, you know, I'm feeling pretty good about it. I, I haven't felt good about Hawthorne games for a few years, but I'm, I'm feeling good about this one. Um, and that's probably reflected in my tip, which would be Geelong by, I reckon, um, five or six goals. Yep. And Cats? One thing I would just quickly touch on is the buy, and we mentioned it a couple of times, but just the impact with... We know how poorly Geelong's played coming back from the bye, and so it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of plays out. Um, I think the you know the start of finals is always a bit difficult. To teams are trying to find figure each other out, so I'm, I imagine that that is probably what's going to happen again. I and I'm not confident, but I'm going to say the Cats will win by ten points. Beautiful. Um, I'm a bit similar CE in that I haven't felt as it's not to say it's comfortable, but you just haven't feel felt as that we've got as good a chance as we do for a while. Um, 2011, when we played them in a similar final, I felt pretty similar. And just to touch on that, I think I heard today that it's going to be... There's a chance that it's the exact same date as when we played Hawthorne in the 2011 final. I think I heard it. I heard Daniel Menzel being in. Is that right? Yeah, Daniel Menzel. That's amazing, isn't it? Menzel on SEN, I think it was, and he said he's had people text him and tell him, you know, it's going to be five years to the day since he first did his knee in the same final, same venue, same opponent. So there you go, September nine, September nine, two thousand eleven. Is that right? Are we right then? That is right. Yep, so, yep. which is pretty freaky. Um, mm. But I'll take that as a good omen date-wise for the result and we'll just forget about the Menzel bit. Um, so I think I think we we should win. Um, I hope that, that my sense of confidence isn't just the fact that we've had some soft results to sort of pad us up a bit at the end of the year. Um, but I reckon we've been building for this. I reckon... Uh, We've given ourselves the absolute best possible chance to win the flag. We've got minimal injuries. Um, we've had a lot 
sort of fall our way in terms of other results helped us get the position we needed to be in as well and we were able to keep winning along the way um so I'm sort of in the same boat I reckon we get up by about five or six goals um and I'd really love it if we like absolutely put the foot to the throat in the last quarter if we're in the position to do it but um given that it's awful and I'll just be happy enough to get the win at all I think yeah exactly yeah I don't care if it's uh, a kick after the siren, I'll take that for sure because it's um, it's going to mean a lot for for the rest of the way that the finals plays out. I think, and it's got to be huge confidence wise if we can if you can knock off the you know the three time reigning champs in the first week. Um, it's got to do wonders for the group confidence wise going forward as well. I think as uh, Cowan. Ruggles, Menegola, Smith, Stanley, Kolejasny, who haven't played finals. And for them to get a big win against Hawks to start their finals career would be a big motivation to go through the rest of the finals. Yep, absolutely. All right, thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. Thanks uh, for getting on for the first time, Cats. No worries, thank you. Thanks a lot for having me. No worries at all, and uh, thank you again, CE. Always a pleasure, Willow. Thanks for having me. No worries. And we'll. I made the call last week that if we won this week, we're going to have to do another one before the prelim. So don't know what happens if we lose. We might just make that up as we go. We'll we'll plan. We'll hope. We'll hope and plan for the best and not the worst. So um, yeah, absolutely. Let's hope we're doing another one in a couple of weeks' time. Take yeah, it one definitely. Last of the time. That's it. All right. Thanks very much. Uh, and also. Um, also, I did want to say, if anybody else does want to volunteer to be involved, that'd be really, really good to help out. We much appreciate uh, anybody getting on, and I think, hopefully, cats can vouch that it's not all that scary or painful, uh, being a first-timer. So, uh, please, if anybody wants to get involved, let me know. And it'd be really good if we could get a female voice on at some point, so... Uh, don't be shy that's all I can say Um, otherwise until next time thanks everybody for listening go cats go cats cats